So our program today is about conflict and negotiation. It seems timely because we are about to uh, be in small groups of family gatherings for Thanksgiving, maybe small groups on either side of a Zoom call, uh, depending. But career-wise, it is also such a vital leadership trait that can, if, if you don't understand this about yourself, can blow your credibility if you can't help people move beyond it. And we certainly don't have all the answers. Uh, nobody is perfect at this, but we can share some insights. We just have 30 minutes, so let's just jump on. Um, I should tell you that much of what we'll cover today is from the TKI or Thomas Kilman Index, and we'll send you that link. It's the best material we found on conflict handling styles. Uh, it, it is rich information. You can, you might want to take uh, the index yourself. It's not cheap. I don't think it's 40 to $50 maybe, but it can be worth it. So. Patrick, let's jump in. Okay, everyone has a conflict handling style that is your default, uh, the one you choose most often, if you will. And it is a measurement of behavior based on two dimensions, one assertiveness, and the other one is cooperativeness. And assertiveness is very simply the degree to which you satisfy your own concerns. Cooperativeness is the degree to which you satisfy the concerns of others, just quite simply. So grab a piece of scratch paper, if you will. What you see here is the index, the chart that you can plot your style on. It's not scientific, of course, but uh, you know in your heart what you would come in at on these measurements, I think. So on uh, the vertical measurement, if you think of it as one to 10, plot yourself based on how assertive you think you are, the degree to which you satisfy your own concerns. And I've given you an example here. On the horizontal line, plot yourself from one to 10, on cooperativeness, the degree to which you satisfy the concerns of others. And you'll see that if you meet those two to a point in the open field, you will have an idea about where you come in. I'll show you more in just a moment. But here's an example of high assertiveness and low cooperativeness. So place an X where you think you fall. Patrick? Now here is the more formal way of looking at the five styles of conflict handling behavior. I really prefer a, a simple cartoon, so I'm going to move to that because it's just more memorable and easier. Plus, I just don't like the idea of saying that we fall in a box. Uh, so here is a very uh, simple drawing that's a little bit more user friendly. And we're going to look at them one by one, but let's just name them first. Assertiveness, if you look to the top left, 
High assertive, low cooperativeness, just like the example that I gave you, this is the powerful right fighter and the one concerned with um, you know, their own agenda most often. If you go to lower left, even though that looks like an unhappy fellow, avoiding uh, is low assertiveness and low cooperativeness. Uh, there's a good piece to avoiding, however, and you might not know it to look at that, but avoiding can be exactly what you need in a given moment of drama. However, it here is, you know, go ahead and live to die another day, leave well enough alone. In the very center, you have compromising, which is moderate on both continuums. And you might think at first blush, well, gosh, that's a great thing. That's what we all want. Sometimes, sometimes it expedites uh, what you need done, but it isn't always the best solution if you had time to think more creatively. Uh, lower right, high cooperative, low assertive, that, that fellow too looks really pitiful. However, uh, you know, there is strength and balance with the other choices and accommodating that can be really vital and we'll look at those as well. And then collaborating, which is high on both measurements is the desired, the ultimate, if you will, when there is time, when there is time to creatively uh, come up with a solution that's better than either one of you could have thought of. So let's move on. The goal, as with any kind of self-assessment, is to first understand what is your default style? What do you choose most often? What do you like to do under stress when things go wrong? Then explore the strengths of each style and you use them all. Nobody falls in one clean box, you know that, but to explore and understand the other styles and then finally to increase your choices of the other styles when they're called for and they would give you a stronger hand, if you will, uh, greater access to those styles, in other words. Okay, let's look at these one at a time. If you are a competing style, uh, powerful, assertive, and uncooperative, it can be a very wonderful thing. Uh, we have a, a picture of Governor Cuomo here. We happen to really like him. Uh, he is the man to lead New York in 2020 and 2021 in this pandemic. There is no question about it. Uh, his style is suited for it. He's decisive. He takes a stand. He knows what he wants. Now, we have friends who, on the inside of his team and organization, Patrick uh, has a dear friend involved in, in working for the governor, and he is, as other New Yorkers know too, uh, prone to be egotistical, and um, people have a hard time challenging him. So on balance, you see that overuse of that particular style is not what is called for all the time, but clearly he has the strength that is what's needed for the day. We love his press conferences, by the way. Accommodating. Now, The Rock or Dwayne Johnson is known to be one of the most popular accommodating people in Hollywood. He is just 
the ultimate good guy. He's accommodating to his fans. He will stand with them and take and give autographs rather forever. He is so well liked by the people on the set. He's accommodating to his peers and his producers. And while we don't know him, uh, so we don't know that his default style is accommodating, we know that he selected that style as a strength and he's developed it. The part that would be overuse of accommodating and not helpful would be neglecting one's own concerns to satisfy the concerns of others. I have an aunt that has done this to the point that she, her health is uh, in question. And so it, it absolutely in overuse can be the wrong thing. Avoiding low assertive and low cooperativeness, it would seem no one wins, but one thing that's really important about this style when you look at the strengths is, to, is the pause button, allowing people to calm down instead of escalating a situation. And you know that you have all been in, in situations where you were perhaps with a crazy maker and things were at a stage where you could walk away or continue to dig in. Walking away is the right call at times. It just is. I was facilitating a group of folks, gosh, it's been years ago now, but it was a workshop. And this was an organization had low engagement, folks were unhappy, low morale. And I was 20 minutes into the workshop and folks were cross-talking and not paying attention on their phone. Uh, laughing and I just had to do a stop down and let them know I wasn't willing to continue call an audible and say you know let's talk let's reset here what's going on this is this is not of any benefit to you or me and so if you're familiar at all I don't know if if you've read uh, David Sandler Sandler sales he talks about how when a game is afoot, if somebody is, um, you know, trying to manipulate by their behavior, it's okay to call an audible and say, you know what, this isn't working. And that's part of avoiding escalation and crazy making. Overuse, of course, would be that it only postpones conflict and it can cause deep stress. Compromising moderate assertiveness and cooperativeness. There's a lot that is good about compromising. Oh my goodness, if Congress could do this and expedite, uh, I think the whole country wants both sides of the aisles to compromise and move things forward and progress. You know, there's a stimulus package right now that is being held up because of extremism. And so there's so much good about compromising. However, you know, in overuse, the Electoral College is the result of the Great Compromise, I think it was called, which goes back to uh, the Founding Fathers, where at the time it was to expedite and move forward and the right decision, but long term people are questioning whether or not that's the right system for our country. And so, you know, we're stuck with the decision, but 
a better solution might be at hand. So compromising, hey, let's split the difference, let's move forward, important for timeliness, but it's not always the best solution that you can come up with. Collaborating is the ultimate goal when there is time. And we have here Bernie Topman, uh, the, the fellow who wrote all the lyrics to Elton John's songs, talk about the collaboration of a lifetime. Uh, they have easily, and they were in different rooms across the globe, but they created a catalog of songs that are known to generations of folks. And so bringing strengths together, I feel like we do this uh, as a team at Interact so well. We all have our strengths that when brought together uh, can create a pretty amazing thing. And, you know, merging insights, creating solutions. And the drawback is that you don't always have time to collaborate for long-term results, which is the best thing about collaboration. It's strategic planning. It isn't always practical for short-term projects. And I, I don't think there's anything I would rather do than be, be in a room with uh, my team and collaborate. They're just the most brilliant people and I would hang out with them even if I didn't work with them. Uh, but it's not always practical. You know, we have to, we have to move and uh, make decisions in the short term. But yeah, collaborating. So when do we go into our default and why do these things uh, become a problem? We typically move to what is most comfortable because of our mindset. And you can recognize this. I mean, just think about today, the racial conversations and you know, what we're undergoing in terms of conversations around masking and uh, it, it's a difficult time and the mindset that puts us into default is one to assume that we're right. You know, we, we all believe that we are right and logical and unbiased. I mean, we just do, we just do. We see ourselves as more reasonable than other people. Um, you know, there's some comedy in this because you all have family members who uh, are are not reasonable at all, but they're convinced that what they believe is absolutely right. Uh, you know, we assign negative motives and attitudes. I mean, the word that has come up with, with folks is demonization of others, whether it's across the aisle, across the street with your neighbors, people who pull in front of you. We, the humanness of us wants to assign a bad motive. Uh, that they're, they're just bad people. Holding others accountable unrealistic, unrealistically, uh, the word for this is judgy. Uh, we have become very judgy of, of folks and how they live their lives as though we know the full story when, of course, we don't know other people's stories. And equally so, avoiding upsetting situations instead of confronting a reality is what causes deep stress. If we don't want to rock the boat, we can't go anywhere. 
Okay, so stay here and what happens is a vicious cycle. I don't know about you, but I have folks in my family who have held a grudge for years. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very unattractive, but they get mad at a family member and that's it. Um, so it, it is so unsatisfying. It is so stressful. It's bad for our health. Extremism of being caught in a cycle of poor mindset is, um, leads to a life that misses our greatness. So, so what do we do? And this is something you work on for a lifetime, but you embrace these things. You assume that we only have partial knowledge. Nobody, nobody has it all. Uh, no one. Uh, granting credibility to others' perspectives. Uh, it's uh, a, a startling thing to give people uh, their own part of the truth. We all have a part of it. We all have a piece of it. And uh, some people hide it really well, but we all have a piece of it. Assume positive intentions. I try, you know, this is an ongoing thing, but if somebody makes a boneheaded move uh, in, in their vehicle, I try to say, okay, I have made that same boneheaded move. I know I have. Um, you know, to own our own role, uh, you always have a part. You always have a part, however small. And finally, embracing learning and inviting change. Uh, Susie and Patrick and I teach a course where we often ask by a poll on Zoom, who likes having difficult conversations? And 90% of the folks will come back and say, no. Yeah, or I guess the question is, do you like having difficult conversations? And so 90% of the folks come back and say no. But there are always one or two folks who say yes. And it's so interesting because when asked why, they'll say because it's the only way to bring about true change. So it is in these difficult conversations that we actually have a shot at creating change. And that there's an amazing, if there's resolution that follows, gosh, there's an amazing feeling of, of satisfaction. So just to, you know, reiterate what our challenge is, if we go back up to those steps, Patrick, do you see those? They're earlier in the what our challenge is, is, is basically to know your default style. You can take the, the TKI or you can, by self-knowledge and awareness, you know where you tend to fall. And there's reading on these five styles. Yeah, here we go. So identify and understand your default. That's just the one you choose most often because you use all of them. You explore the others and you can research this yourself. Um, and understand where you're using those and the strengths that, that those bring about. And finally, just increase your choices all the way around to other styles. There is a, a dual look that you can take at each style, one being a very positive when used rightly, when Governor Cuomo is taking New York out of the pandemic, uh, at the same time, 
when things are peaceful and his staff uh, is trying to get something done, he's a hard nut. Um, explore the styles, understand them, increase your choices of the other styles when needed. So we actually made pretty good time there. We have about five minutes left. I wonder if anyone would like to unmute themselves and make a comment, observation. If you have a question, I'll call on the Interact team to help me. I may not know the answer. This is such a, an interesting personal journey. Who might have a question? There's so many friends here. I would love to see more faces. Claire, what about you? I know you'll make a statement. My problem, I do. Whoop, lost you. I know we had a couple of comments in the chat. Thad says, great comment about difficult conversation, gets things straightened out. Never easy, but often necessary. There you go, Claire. I have a comment, Lou. Okay. Um, I, I found it interesting, your explanation of dealing with um, an uncooperative audience and saying like, Time out. I think you used a, used a different word. You said uh, reset, reset, or whatever. And um, I thought about that, and I, I think my default approach uh, in the past has often been to maybe be more more stern, and you know, come down on them. And say you have to quiet down if we're going to make progress. So, Whereas just kind of calming things down and resetting seems like a very practical way of, of dealing with it. Getting people to just kind of wake up, you know, see what's going on here, and what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. We'll take oh, it. and listen, I mean, my teammates will, will tell you, my partners know me that if there, there is gamesmanship going on, it ruffles me. I mean, it does, yeah. uh, you have to just know that about yourself, you know, and, and make another choice, but it, it isn't easy. Yeah, when, when you're trying to stay on a schedule and get through some material, for example, in a training class, and you just can't make progress because certain individuals are not cooperating. Right. <laughs> yeah. Taking the time out is probably the better approach. Yeah. Thank you for thank, that. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. Who else? Who has a comment? Claire, we lost you, I know, and you you haven't been here long with us, but did you have something? I I came in late and I'm so sorry. Um, I'm hoping it's taped. I'm sure it was perfect. I got confused. No, no problem at all. It is taped and we'll give everybody a link to it. I wonder, Susie, what would you add to this conversation as we begin to close out? Well, I would just pull up um, the, the chat. There's an interesting comment 
Speaking of difficult conversations, why are some topics difficult to talk about? I thought that was a really interesting question and maybe one that, that you'd like to reflect on, Lou. Yeah, yeah. Well, just knowing in a recent conversation uh, what we had, um, you know, around, and this is, this is an interesting one because, you know, white people like to say, I'm not biased. Um, and they, they feel that if to admit being biased would mean I'm a bad person rather than, so part of it is, you know, topics become difficult because we're afraid of what it means to ourselves and the way we see the world. That's not the only reason, but it's, it's a provocative way to think about, you know, an emotional topic also creates in us a belief that might not be connected to logic. And so people get emotional immediately when the topic comes up. Um, and, it, and when someone's in reactive mode, it's difficult to talk calmly about logic and, and what might be more of a systemic situation. Today is a real test of this, I think. But I, I do know that we all respond to the right environment. A safe environment to share our experiences is a great way to start with any difficult topic. Yeah, one of the things that um, I've been doing some work around diversity and inclusion and one of the phrases, we talk about safe places, but one of the phrases that's being introduced, and I really like it, is brave places. Mm. So a brave place is a place where you can go there, maybe take a step farther than might be safe, but it's okay. I, th I think that phrase really speaks to the braveness of having some of those difficult conversations. Yeah. Yeah, well, we just love having you with us. Thank you so much for coming. We will send you both a copy of the slides, a PDF of the slides and a link uh, to this program overall. And again, I hope you'll be with us in two weeks. Uh, when our guest is our award winner, the 2020 Community Voice Award winner, and uh, we're, we're crazy about her, and we know that you are too. Probably most of you know her, and she's done such amazing things for Charlotte, so we're looking forward to that. But until then, thank you, Thad. Take care. Have a great day, guys.